We all know cities have their appeal. They're full of energy, from the noises of a crowded restaurant to the ebb and flow of people on the street as they go about their day. Many people see nature as an escape from the hectic urban jungle. But here in Anderson, the trees, the lakes, the fields, they have their own energy. It's not an escape per se, it's a chance to take things in at a slower pace. In Anderson, visitors can reconnect with the great outdoors. Discover South Carolina presents The Palmetto Porch, a podcast featuring some of South Carolina's most charming towns and highlighting what makes them so special. I'm Devin Whitmire. All season long, I'll be traveling through the Palmetto State, interviewing locals who will share their own unique perspective on places to visit, foods to try, and insider travel tips. These towns may be small, but they are big on fun, food, and Southern hospitality. Today, we're exploring beautiful Anderson, or as it's sometimes called, the Electric City. The nickname seems more fitting for a place filled with bright neon lights, but looking at Anderson and the surrounding areas, you quickly realize it isn't Vegas. The town was one of the first in the South to have electricity, thanks to an old hydroelectric plant and power transmitter built in the late 1800s. But like I said before, this place does not lack energy. It's just a different vibe. I wanted to learn about that vibe from someone who lives it every day. So I contacted Brian Latimer. Brian is a pro bass fisherman who grew up in Belton, a rural suburb of Anderson. Many people know him as B-Lat. He'd never admit this, but he sounds like an expert on all things outdoors in the area. Well, Brian, thanks again so much for joining me. Welcome to the porch. No, thank you guys. I appreciate you including me in this. When did your interest in fishing start? I can't answer that because it was too young. I always say this. I don't remember. I don't ever remember starting to like fishing. I don't remember getting an interest in it. I just grew. It's almost like asking a kid, when did you get teeth? When did you grow hair? You just grew up with teeth, right? It, it felt like that with me with fishing. I grew up fishing. There was never a moment where I decided or anything. I just grew up in it. And so I just thought that's the way things are supposed to be. Yeah. Do you have any idea why you took such an interest in it? What was it about fishing that drew you to it so much? That's a really good question. There's a few things there. I like motorsports. Motorsports is like my deal. And so my dad being a boat owner. So I I got into fishing through boats. My dad was a tournament fisherman. So I didn't grow up with a cork and a bobber like normally see with a kid sitting on the bank with his granddad. That wasn't my introduction to bass fishing. It was literally in a 200 horsepower, 20 foot bass boat screaming down the lake. That's how I was introduced to it. So it was this fascination. I'm saying all that to say this. It was this fascination with boats and things that go fast and things that are loud and things that smoke and that fascination probably that drew me in that part of it fishing is pretty special it's probably one of the only sports where a basketball player the goal is in the same place all the time when he goes down the court you know your job is to put the ball in the hoop that's never going to move before a football player the goal is always at 
the 100-yard line. That never moves. Yeah. It's always in the same place. Fishing, you don't ever know. I don't see my opponent. I don't know where it's at. It's always moving. It's always just swimming through the water. So it's sort of like this mystery of not knowing. I think maybe it was a little bit intriguing to it, too. But I don't think I was smart enough to realize that at the time. But I know as I've gotten older, that's definitely become more the drawing point to it is the mystery of it. It's it's really hard to understand your opponent and what it's doing. But for sure, early on, without a doubt, it was the whole equipment and loud noises and fast boats. It's just that amazement with those things were what drew me in first. Which is so interesting because most people consider fishing and are attracted to it because of the calm and the peaceful. And you're saying it was a little bit of the opposite. So what do you think about when you're fishing? Tell us what you're thinking in the moment. Maybe why is it chaotic or what is that chaos going on in your mind? So keep in mind pretty much everything when I think about fishing is almost always through the lens of competition. So when I'm fishing, I'm always thinking about Well, you're learning for one thing. You're learning every time you go fishing, you learn a little bit more about your opponent. You learn a little bit more about how they react to certain weather conditions or to certain water conditions or you're learning constantly. So that's pretty much what's consuming me as I'm fishing. You're always thinking about how are you going to apply this in the future? What's happening right now? You're making a mental note in the back of your head. Okay, Next time this situation comes and you just had a hurricane or you just had a cold front or it just rained three inches or it's been dry or the water's low or the water's high, the next time you run across this situation, remember this because now this is what that makes the fish do. Because basically as a competitor, that's what you're operating off is past experiences. So it's hard for me to get out of that realm and then actually just – go fishing and think, oh, cool. That's cool. I just caught a fish. Look at this great thing I did. You're always like catching a fish and making a mental note. And you'd be surprised how many things. I can remember a fish catch that happened seven years ago to the cast, exactly what stump, what I had on, how long I left it set in order, the jig. Like I can remember everything. That's just the nature of being a fisherman. So like, yeah, you're always recording and making these notes of things that happen throughout the day because you know you're going to need that information Two years later, five years later, 10 years later down the road. In your opinion, what is the connection between a place like Anderson and pro fishing, the Anderson area? Is it a good training ground? Yeah, it is. Obviously, I was in today's terms, I was older when I got a crack at professional fishing. I was six. This year is my sixth season. So I must have been about 33, which is not super old. But in today's time, like kids are turning pro at 20. 21, 22 years old, I had all of this time and all this experience that I cataloged fishing here at home at Lake Hartwell, Clark's Hill, like Greenwood, all these places, Lake Kiwi, all these places right here within an hour of my house. And so that's where I grew all my skills at. And a lot of places in the country, they may only have one or two fisheries, but living right here in Anderson, Less than an hour or about an hour, I probably have seven or eight legitimate tournament lakes. And so I build all the skills that I had and that I use today. I built them all just fishing right here at home. Matter of fact, built most of my skills fishing Saluda River, which is literally about five miles from my house here. That was the first place that I ever grew on my own. I grew up fishing with my dad on Lake Hartwell, but 
once I got to be a teenager and I got my own boat, the first place I started fishing was on the Saluda River. And so uh, I built a lot of my skills and a lot of my confidence and put my reps in, so to say, was on the Saluda River. I asked Brian if the area had changed because of the growing popularity of pro fishing. Yeah, especially so now. You never saw big tournaments at home in the 90s, which is kind of area I grew up in. But the last, I would say, 12 years, 10 years, you've seen a lot of big money, high profile tournaments here in the Anderson area. And so you can see the repercussions of that. You can see, like, we have a lot more tackle stores. We have legit tackle stores like Lake Hartwell Fishing Marina out there on Lake Hartwell. They've got more stuff than a Bass Pro Shops. You've seen, like, an upkick in rental homes around the lake. None of that existed. You didn't even hear about that when I was coming along. But the amount of high-profile, high-level tournaments, tournaments with 200-plus boats that we have in our area now is, is growing exponentially. And I think that's good for our area. It's been good for showcasing our lakes in our area, showing what cool places we have to eat, to stay, obviously to fish, that part of it too. And I think just talking to friends that I know in the industry and friends I know in the tournament trail, they all have enjoyed our area and they always speak well of our lake. I don't know anybody that doesn't like our lakes. So it was kind of cool for me to see the places that I grew up fishing showcased at a high level on TV and seeing how other people approach our lakes too. But it's definitely been good for our area. And I think the fishing industry coming to Anderson County has been good for the fishing industry as well. Because I think we've had three Bassmaster Classics now, maybe four, I know at least three. And so that's great for our area. It's put our lakes on the map. It's actually shown the fishing world different styles of fishing because it's a pretty unique area. And things that you would do fishing here, you don't necessarily get to do them anywhere else. So it's been a good trade. We've gained a lot of notoriety and recognition for our awesome lakes. And then our lakes being how they are have also contributed to different techniques and different baits being sold within the fishing industry that you didn't hear about or know about before then. So it's been a good trade, I feel like. Yeah. For somebody like me who is not super familiar with fishing and professional fishing, you said that they were unique. Can you go into just a little bit more detail about that with is it the types of fishing that people can do on our lakes up in that area? Yeah, absolutely. So our lakes are different in the fact, very unique fisheries. There's very few places that I go that have the qualities and the characteristics that let's just say like a Lake Hartwell has. The forage fish is pretty much the deciding factor in what makes our lakes so unique. We have a forage fish called a blueback herring. That was introduced, as far as I know, maybe the early 90s, mid-90s is when it was introduced to our lakes. It's a saltwater forage fish. It's, they actually come from the ocean, but they will live in freshwater. And so that particular forage fish, the blueback herring, makes our fish act completely different than anywhere else. You would go somewhere where you'd find stained water, dirty water. A lot of times people new to fishing, they see dirty water and they think, ew, there's no fish going to live there. That's actually where a lot of, especially largemouth bass, that's where they live. Well, now that we have this high protein filet mignon diet of a forage fish on the main lake that thrives in clear open water, the main lake areas of the lakes, the deeper parts of the lakes, it's made the fishing evolve to where they don't really live in the creeks anymore. 
I don't think there's anywhere else in the country. I mean, I want you to think about that. As many waterways as there is in the United States. Yeah. I have not been to anywhere else that has blueback herring in the country. And I've fished all over the country. I've been to California. I've been to the Midwest. I've been to New York. I've fished in Canada. I've fished in Florida. There's nowhere else except for right here in this region that has blueback herring. So it's very unique. There's nowhere else that you'll encounter that. And it makes the fishing a little bit different. So Anderson has attracted pro fishermen and pro fishing events with a certain quality that's hard to find elsewhere. I asked Brian how important the outdoors are to him personally. It may not be important for anybody else, but for me, it's certainly important. Literally everything I've done my entire life is evolved around being outside. From before I was a fisherman, I was a landscaper. So... I spent every day, all day outside, no matter if it was cold, sunny, raining, whatever it was. If it was raining, I didn't work and I went fishing. So I spent a lot of days on the water fishing when it was raining because we didn't work. So that was my opportunity to skip work and go fishing. That's how I got a lot of my time in the water. For me, Brian Latimer doesn't exist without outdoors in any capacity. He also says growing up in nearby Belton, he's learned to appreciate Anderson for its closeness to it all, whether it's the city or the lake. I'm super thankful for this area. I grew up playing fishing, playing baseball for Anderson Rec, and my kids are doing the same thing. It's the most awesome place to live. Just our proximity to the interstate, our proximity to so many good resources, Obviously, like I said earlier, for me, it was always being very close to the lake and having a lake with a tremendous resource to learn how to fish. But, you know, maybe fishing is not your thing. Everybody doesn't fish. Maybe you want to introduce your kid to just boating in general or just go somewhere you can hang out and have good, safe fun. We have all those resources available. So I wouldn't take the Anderson area for granted. I was glad to hear Brian's perspective on Anderson's outdoor amenities. He mentioned one of the attractions just outside Anderson, Sadler's Creek State Park. I wanted to find out more about Sadler's Creek and other nearby parks, so I went to see it in person. I was joined by Gwen Davenport, who works for the South Carolina State Park Service. We sat together, overlooking the water. The weather was a bit gray, and you could smell the wet pines. It must have just rained before I drove in. Gwen told me about her fond memories from visiting parks as a child and what they bring to her work in places like Anderson. I always spent a lot of time outside. I grew up in the country, you know, played in the woods and the creek and, you know, everywhere in between. But I didn't visit a whole lot of parks at that time, so... We lived nearby Dreer Island State Park, which is on Lake Murray, and spent a lot of time there. It's kind of the local state park where everybody goes for a gathering or to put your boat in to have fun on the lake. But didn't think about state parks as a whole. Just knew my local state park, Dreer Island State Park, growing up. But I was always passionate about South Carolina. Always loved South Carolina history in school. Always loved 
telling people I was from South Carolina and what South Carolina was all about. So that was that was always a passion of mine. I think Sadler's Creek provides you a lot of outdoor recreation opportunities and again, access to Lake Hartwell. Lake Hartwell is a major draw in this area, very popular. And so you can come here, put your boat in, go fishing. You can play disc golf, you can hike their trails, you can have a picnic. There's a lot to do in, in one small park. They also have a campground that is very popular. So a lot to do in this one area. What are the lakes nearby here for our listeners nearby Anderson? I think we're on Hartwell. We're right? on Lake Hartwell right here in Anderson County. And then we have Lake Jocasse, which is not too far away. Lake Kiwi, which is nearby Lake Jocasse. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the lakes here in the upstate. If you go a little bit south, there's going to be Lake Russell, where Calhoun Falls State Park is located, and then Lake Strom Thurmond, which is just south of that. So a lot of lakes in this area of South Carolina. And for park visitors who want creature comforts as well as scenery, Anderson has a recently revived downtown district. If someone was maybe coming to this park, what might be some other things outside the park nearby, restaurants or anything that stands out that they might want to you know, experience? I think Anderson has done a really good job of revitalizing their downtown area, their main street, um, mm-hmm. a lot of nice restaurants and shopping in that area. But it's a lot to do in this whole entire corner of South Carolina as far as outdoor recreation, hiking, biking, spending time on the lakes here, you know, maybe hike to a waterfall, that kind of thing. So there's a lot to do. Do you have any kind of details for us about what Anderson was like before? I remember Anderson when I was a student at Clemson University. It's just kind of the place you went to go to Walmart or maybe the mall or somewhere like that to do your shopping. Mm -hmm. It's where the stores were, you know, if you wanted to you need to get something quick, you run to Anderson. But now I think Anderson's so much more than that. I mean, they've revitalized their downtown area. They have some great restaurants and dining, great events, and all kinds of things to see and do now. Clemson University, home of the Clemson Tigers. The campus borders Lake Cartwell, so students, faculty, and their families can enjoy the proximity to hiking, fishing, and camping. And with Anderson only about 30 minutes away by car, it's easy to sample some of the best things the area has to offer. I asked Gwen about the college town feel Clemson gives to the area, complementing its natural attractions. I graduated from Clemson. My husband graduated from Clemson. Maybe one day our son will graduate from Clemson. We'll see what path he takes. I have a niece at Clemson right now. Mm-hmm. So we've got a family connection up here. And I've often said, this is like home. The Clemson area to me is like my second home. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I grew up and live in the Midlands of South Carolina, but if I had to pick another place to live, it'd definitely be upstate of South Carolina area. We just like it up here. Yeah. <laughs> So besides, obviously, tailgating and going to Clemson games, what are some things in this Anderson-Clemson area that you and your family like to do? Table Rock's not far from Clemson. Devil's Fork's not far from Clemson. Kiwi Talks Away's not far from Clemson. So, you know, sometimes we'll stay overnight at one of those parks and then head into Clemson for the game and tailgating and that kind of thing, too. So it's just a great area. Denver Downs Farms, a lot of farms in this area, too, in the upstate. Denver Downs, they always have some great events and things going on, depending on the season. In the fall, they have a corn maze and all kind of activities for kids. So it's a lot going on. I think it's a very family-friendly area. 
a lot for all ages to do. If you want some good food, you can always check out the Smoking Pig, which is not yes. too far from Clemson in Pendleton. Great barbecue, a lot of fun. They have a great outdoor area there where if you're waiting on your barbecue, you can spend some time and hang out with family and friends. Also, if we're in Clemson, we go to the SO and they have great food. It's kind of a hole in the wall, you know, college bar kind of place. Before I left Sadler's Creek, I asked Gwen how visitors can support the park and other parks like it. She says one great way is just to swing by. You know, first of all, just visit your state parks. One of the things that a lot of people don't know is our South Carolina state parks are operationally self-sufficient, which means that the dollars we generate through user fees, admission fees, camping fees, cabins, and whatnot— go right back into supporting our parks. Mm -hmm. We do not receive tax dollars for that. Mm -hmm. So we are a self-supporting state park system. So one of the best ways you can support your parks is to visit them and come out and stay with us, camp with us, purchase retail, because all of that money will go back into supporting your parks and helping us keep our parks beautiful and sustain them for generations to come. Whether for a hike, a day on the lake with family and friends, a stroll down an idyllic street, or even a game day tailgate, Anderson is a sure bet. Its convenient location puts it within reach of major cities, state parks, restaurants, and shopping. If you're looking for an escape to the great outdoors, you'll get that. But don't be surprised if you leave with a lasting impression. In Anderson, you will find a place that's a bit slower, a bit more relaxed, but still full of energy. The Electric City truly stands up to its name. Well, that's it for this episode of the Palmetto Porch. Thank you to our guests, Brian Latimer and Gwen Davenport. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend or leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us get the word out. And to find out more about Anderson or any of the towns featured on our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. The Palmetto Porch is produced by Discover South Carolina in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team at Pod People, Ashton Carter, Michael Aquino, and Kim Wong. Thanks so much for joining us, y'all. We'll see you next time on the Palmetto Porch. Mm-hmm.